What's up, everyone? This is episode number 22 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. I just got back from the National Saturday night, which would be last night. I'm recording this on Sunday. I am physically exhausted, but my enthusiasm for this hobby is still very much intact, if not more energized than ever. Um, going in, I, I plan to make all sorts of posts on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at Wax Museum PC. Well, there, there really wasn't a lot that got posted there, and the truth of the matter is the event was nonstop. There was barely any time to think, to breathe, so I'm still trying to catch up and, and post some of my picks there. A lot of people have been messaging me asking you know, how it was, and there's just so much to say. So I decided it would be fitting today. I needed to do an episode this week anyway. I'm going to do a recap podcast so I can really do this thing justice. So let's just jump right in. Um, So I'd actually started making my plans around February or March to go to this thing. And uh, once I got the approval from Mrs. Wax Museum, which she was actually excited because she wanted to make a trip to Chicago as well, we got everything booked. Um, So she made this trip with me. We flew in on Wednesday morning, um, rested a little bit at the hotel, and and figured out the train system. And instead of going to the National on Wednesday, we decided to hit up a White Sox game. We always try and hit up ballparks when we we visit different cities. And I know this is a basketball card podcast, but real quick, if you want to hear my review on Guaranteed Rate uh, Field, you know, if, if I had to compare it to something I've been to I'd say maybe Cincinnati it's kind of like their park it's nice but it really doesn't have a lot of personality Um, and when it comes to ballparks the the bar's kind of high because my wife and I went to Fenway the day after we got married but either way it was still fun that was our introduction to Chicago she had never been um, I hadn't been since 2008 Uh, but now let's get to the actual national part so Thursday was my first day attending the National. I knew it was going to be a long day. Uh, in fact, I, I told my wife that. I said, you know, this is this is the day where you might want to do all the exploring that you want to do because in my mind I was thinking, all right, it opens at 10, trade nights afterwards, that's going to be at least 12 hours that I'm gone. That's going to make for a really long day, but it was one that I was really looking forward to. So I decided to get there around 9.15 so I could feel out the convention center and kind of get in line and get settled in. Um, So I had a piece of paper that I wrote some booths down on that I wanted to get to. Well, of course, I forgot this at the hotel. So when the gates finally opened up, I, I just kind of followed the flow of traffic. You know, you look into the convention center and it's just like overload, right? So I think I might have been fine had I not seen... Um, right when I walked in, the photo-matched Wilt Chamberlain rookie jersey on display. And I'm going to blame that on my veering away from the plan, but in all reality, it was just um, really card overload. overload. Um, if I had one word to describe that moment, it was overwhelmed, but all in a good way. So, I, you know, 10 o'clock was there, I, I'm in, I wandered around like a chicken with my head cut off for about 45 minutes. So I tried to find something familiar to use as a starting spot and to work from there. So there was a nice little pocket of booths that had um, Mealy Pop Shop, it had RBI Crew 7, it had the Indie Card Exchange, which I actually visited their shop um, a month or two ago. 
And I also spotted Tyler Sports Guy from Instagram, thanks to his Say No to Player Worn shirt. Uh, as you probably have already seen from different social media posts, shirt culture was kind of a thing here, so I'm glad I had my Wax Museum shirts. Um, there were a lot of custom-made shirts, and that made things really fun because there were some really creative ones out there. Um, I'm going to be trying to, to find some of these on Instagram throughout the week. Maybe I'll repost some of them. So it was during this time that I spent the only $2 I spent on day one of the show. I bought two Wang ZZ jersey cards for my ComC account. Um, those were out of dollar boxes. I thought for sure I was going to buy like crazy on the first day. In fact, that was kind of my approach is just to go in, find some things I wanted real quick, try and just make those purchases, you know, make them when you see them, and then spend the rest of the time roaming around and really taking everything in. Well, it, it was really flipped. I think I just needed that day one to really settle in and to see my options. Um, so this was about 45 minutes or an hour in. I finally sent out an SOS text to my friend Jeff. Some of you probably know him from Blowout or Instagram as KuCoachITB. Um, so we met up. He introduced me to a guy named Adam, which is a Dennis Rodman collector, Ike Love 500. Um, he's got an awesome collection. He ended up giving me a couple cards throughout the week as well. So thank you once again, Adam. Um, Jeff gave me some cards. Thank you. You know, I can't thank these guys enough. So we started hanging out and digging through a couple of boxes when we ran into Mike, who's also active on Blowout and Instagram. He's a huge Wilt Chamberlain collector. Um, I actually did a deal with him a couple of months ago, so it was awesome to finally meet in person. And that's kind of the theme as this thing goes along. I ran into so many people that I've either bought from or sold to or traded with over the years. Um, it was nice. You know, things are finally coming around full circle. And, um, you know, I've been to shows here in Florida, but you don't really get that opportunity because at the National, you got people coming from all over the country. Well, really all over the world. So um, speaking of all over the world, we moved our conversation to a sidewall. We ran into some more people there. Um, if I forget some of your names, I apologize. But before long, we were joined by um, Glenn Rice Collector, um, Kiki, which is Croatian twins, um, Rorgan, and a couple other people. Um, you've probably seen a, a couple of these guys on Cardboard Chronicles. Kiki showed off his collection of PSA 1 Rookie Hopefuls. Um, he served up a, a few choice beverages while all that was going on. Um, Rorgan, which I've, I've traded with him multiple times before. It's nice to meet him in person. He showed me some of his tops, big game, selective swatch cards. Um, and we worked out our first trade in person. And uh, this was, it was kind of a, you know, a fun, low-end, one-of-one trade. So I gave him, you know, I think three or maybe two or three or three or four even Chris Anderson printing plates in an Antonio McDice legacy. Um, and in return, I got a 101 Kirk Snyder Tops Platinum. So you guys know, um, if you saw my box this week, you know that I'm a sucker for one of ones of, of scrubs from the 2000s. That's kind of my thing for some reason. So um, that really made me feel good, not only to, to hang out with those people, but also to get a, a trade under my belt. Um, it felt, you know, it, it made it a little easier to jump in after that. So I'm appreciative for that. Um, after that, we met up with Justin. I think his handle is 610 Sports Cards. You might know him from Blowout as Alabama Slamma. 
He was nice enough to take a few of us around the show and really the, to break things down for us. Um, for example, there's a pretty substantial divide in, on the show floor between the vintage and the modern booths. And I, I appreciate vintage baseball. I like looking at it. In fact, I do collect some of the 68 top set, but I didn't really want to spend a lot of time looking at it at the show. Um, so Justin really kind of steered me in the right places. He saved me from getting wrapped up in, you know, in just no man's land. So I want to thank you once again to him for that. He was um, more than accommodating. He, you know, dropped everything and, and kind of took us around. So thank you. Well, in the middle of that, in the middle of our kind of our grand tour, another collector zipped by us and he was wearing a Wax Museum podcast shirt. Um, now, I know, I, I don't know what impressions are out there. I know I got actually a, a series of messages a, a week or two ago where someone was upset. I was using pictures of, of cards um, to supposedly, you know, promote my podcast and, and to sell shirts. Well, you know, I, I've only sold two or three shirts as far as I know. So when I see someone walk by that's wearing a shirt for the podcast, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. But he was moving very quickly. We were going in opposite directions. I didn't get a chance to stop him then. So I, I'm hoping, well, you know, in this convention where there are just thousands and thousands of people, hopefully I can defy the odds and find him later. Um, it was kind of a surreal moment to see a shirt for the show, though, because, um, you know, I was joking with my wife the other day. I, I said, can you believe that people listen to me talk every week um, and willingly? And same thing, I don't think the, the students where I teach would believe that either. You know, they're subjected to it without choice. Um, and then here was someone wearing one of my shirts. So that was unbelievable to me. I'm so appreciative of that and also to everyone who introduced themselves to me this week. Um, speaking of shirts, and I'm just going to be one nonstop one thing after the other here is what I feel like. Um, it wasn't long after this that I ran into Josh from Cardboard Chronicles. He was rocking a pretty sweet shirt for his show. Um, I got to see some of his LeBron and some of his new Jordan stuff. Um, including his famous LeBron James Goodwill Rookie Gold Refractor, um, which that was awesome. It was good to finally meet him. So thanks again to Josh for letting me take a look at all of your stuff. From there, I did a little bit more exploring. Um, before days in, I managed to track down the collector that was wearing the Wax Museum shirt and introduced myself. His name is Kirk. Um, he's from the West Coast. He's a huge Lakers fan. We chatted about the podcast. We chatted about our collections. Um, you know, these are just things that you can't really effectively do over the phone or through text. So it, it's just really nice to have these interactions face to face. Um, I collect a lot of different things, but I always enjoy chatting about vintage and learning more about some of the oddball sets, which is really what he's into. And uh, well, as a side note here, Adam and I have recorded an episode about the 1968 Topps test set. I'm not sure when I'll use it, but be on the lookout for that in the next couple of months. Um, so anyway, I, I chatted with Kirk quite a bit and, and I really enjoyed that. Um, the convention itself was nearing closing time for day one and I felt kind of weird that I hadn't picked up um, really anything substantial yet. You know, I thought I was going to go in and, and just spend money all over the place. I was hoping I wasn't, but I, I figured that's what was going to happen. Um, I had plans to grab a Maravich rookie. I had, you know, hopes to grab some nice Pacers stuff. 
But, uh, you know, no luck. No real big luck on day one. Uh, but there was still trade night. So um, I was looking forward to that. That was in a hotel kind of around the corner. Uh, this was an awesome event put on by Card Collector 2. Make sure to give him a follow on Instagram. Uh, I think he has a shop in Ohio as well, so if you're nearby, check it out. I've never been there, but I'd love to go someday. I've heard a lot of great stories about trade night, and yet this event still managed to exceed my expectations. As you walked in, um, they gave you a gift bag with, it had some gifts from their sponsors. Um, I think Panini sponsored them. I think the NBA store did. Um, I think ComC might have as well. I saw some people, they got hats or some people got boxes of cards. Uh, I got a really nice Chicago Bulls hoodie, which I thought was a a fitting souvenir for my trip to the Windy City. It it says Chicago really big on the front. Um, So that was pretty cool. So it was here, you know, we tried to get in early so we could grab a table. We figured that seating would be limited just because this event is so popular. Um, I sat with Jeff and some of the other guys I'd run run into as well. Um, And then also a couple of other collectors named Randy and Jason. Um, Had a great time with them. Um, I got a meet up with Mark, who is a huge Ron Harper collector. And we have been messaging back and forth. It feels like for at least a couple of years now um, just because we have a couple of sets that we both are really into and um, you know we just started looking at each other's cards that we brought and you've heard me talk about hobby history before Jason took out his box and showed me an Adam Morrison Bowman Chrome Superfractor Auto I love stuff like that um, I was extremely jealous of that so you know I've been thinking a little bit about that card maybe in the future Um, we can make something happen with that. Now, um, there were a lot of really young collectors at this event, and that was encouraging to me. And to their credit, they know their stuff. And I kind of took the lazy man's approach to, you know, I I was sitting there chatting with people, and we just kind of put some cards out on the table. and, And people could come to us if they wanted. If not, we were, you know, content to just chat about cards anyway. Um, but these, I will tell you what, the, the really young collectors, when I say that, I mean, you know, they're probably between 13 and 17 or 18. Um, they really know their stuff and they're not afraid to approach your table and they're not afraid to ask you what you have. So kudos to them. Um, those are great skills to have for your entire life. Um, really glad to, to have that opportunity. Um, and I always try to, you know, anyone that came up to me, I always try and give them give their box and give their cards the attention, um, whether it's, you know, 10 cent cards or whether it's, um, you know, thousand dollar cards, which some of these, some of these kids had really, really nice cards. Um, so then also, uh, a guy named Joe, which is, I know a listener of this show, he settled in our, at our table. He showed off some incredible nineties stuff. Um, just off the top or top of my head, I remember, well, there was a, a Jordan exquisite, which is not nineties, but, um, there was, there were some titanium fusions. Um, there were some credentials. Well, of course, the thing that stood out the most to me was his, um, Rick Smith's autographic century marks. We weren't able to work out a deal for it now, but you know, who knows what could happen in the future. Um, so I was still sitting at my table at this point, but out of the corner of my eye, I saw a nice Victor Oladipo flawless patch at the next table. So that was enough to get me out of my seat. 
You guys know I love my Pacers. Um, even though that's a magic patch, I love Flawless. I love Victor Oladipo. So you know I was locked in. Um, it ended up belonging to a 13-year-old collector and his dad from Indiana. Uh, they collect together. They set up at shows. They, um, you know, they do meet and greets with other younger collectors and they pass things out. So it, it was really cool to be able to meet them. I think their handle is Carter's Box Breaks or some variation of that. Um, so they looked through my box and they pulled out a Paul George rookie auto. Um, so, you know, we almost had a trade in place. I thought a, a Paul George for an Oladipo would be a pretty fitting trade because that's kind of what happened in real life. We talked about it for a while, but we weren't able to work anything out. And uh, at this point, you know, I, I'm happy to have the conversation, but I'm thinking in my head, man, this Pacers drought is not good. You know, I got to go home with something big. Got to go home with something good. Um, but either way, I'm happy to have met all the people that, you know, I wasn't able to work out a deal with. Um, and this hobby is is kind of weird or kind of unique in the fact that you never know what kinds of seeds these conversations have planted for the future. And whether or not, you know, I ever trade for these specific cards, um, I have no doubt that I'll cross paths with these guys again. And I'm looking forward to that. And, and if nothing else, we can reminisce on the deals that didn't happen and kind of laugh about it and, and kind of laugh. You know, those cards are probably gone on, on both ends now. Um, so at this point, it was about 1030 at night. And I had yet to, I saw him from across the room, but I, you know, it's hard to make your way over there. I had yet to officially meet Adam, the 27 guy who you've heard on this show multiple times. Um, doing a podcast with somebody that's hundreds of miles away can be tricky. And then doing that with someone you've never met in person creates some boundaries too. Well, you know, if you've enjoyed those and if, if you've thought that our episodes together were worthwhile, that's a testament to Adam's knowledge and um, his knowledge of collectors and his knowledge of the hobby. And, and it's a testament to that, that it works as well as it does. But it was awesome to finally meet him. Um, and he was chatting with G, which is the Lucky Show. Um, I think his Instagram's the Lucky Show 05. Um, and Zied and Joe. And, you know, the four of us, we were having some good conversation. They busted out some of their crazy cards. We weren't quite ready for the party to end, so we headed upstairs for burgers um, and some more hobby chatter. And, I mean, I don't think I got back to the hotel until about 12.30. So it was back there for another five or six hours of sleep before I did it all over again on Friday. So even though I only spent $2 on day one, day one was a great day. So, um, you know, there was kind of a high bar for day two, but I was thinking, you know, the purchases will come on day two. So on day two... Um, Mrs. Wax Museum was with me for about half of the day. Our early plans involved looking at booths in kind of a more linear fashion, which is what I should have done to begin with. I wanted to find a Maravich rookie. Um, she wanted to crack some prism, so you know I can't um, deny that request. Um, so we're looking around, and almost immediately I run into Kirk again. He was the guy wearing the Wax Museum shirt from the previous day. And I realized that the, the day before I'd run into him, but also Mike, who was another huge Lakers collector, they talked about the, both of them had mentioned the Cons Wiener hot dog cards um, for Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain. So I'm thinking, I've got to introduce these guys. Somehow they don't know one another. They live in the same area, 
they have the same interest. So I got his phone number and I told him my plans. Uh, I said, look, I'm going to hook the two of you up. And then we parted ways. So um, my wife did her best at this point to keep me focused on walking on the rows, but eventually I strayed more into the vintage baseball section. Um, it's kind of funny how it worked out, though. I found a booth with a $10 showcase that had a Maravich rookie smack dab in the middle of it. Now, when I say a, a $10 Maravich rookie, in any condition, that's a great deal. Well, this one, um, was we'll say it was well-loved. had tape marks on the corners. It had been stapled four or five times. It was creased. It was faded. It was marked on. You name it, it has happened to that card. Um, you know, in fact, it would have fit Kiki's PSA 1 collection perfectly. Well, I snatched it up because I liked it too, and I thought, you know, here, at least now I have a, a Maravich rookie. Well, after I walked away, the more I looked at it and felt the back of it, I I didn't feel good about it. It wasn't the fact that it was beat up, because if, if you've seen, I have a Julius Irving rookie that I love that's just completely beat up. But um, it, it just didn't feel right. And it's strange that somebody, I'm not saying this dealer specifically did that, but at some point down the way, you know, I'm thinking it's strange that somebody would go to that effort to make $10 on a Maravich rookie. Um, the, the kind of the shades on the back looked off to me and it wasn't as gritty as some of the 1970 Tops cards that I've owned. So I just felt kind of off about it. So I, I texted Kirk because we had just talked so much about these 70s cards and I you know I said, "Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you look at it?" Well, he wasn't quite sure about it either. So just the you know, we never had a definitive that this is fake, but at the time neither one of us felt good about it. So, I was kind of keeping that in my pocket and I'll say, "All right, you know, I'm going to see what else I can find. I still wanted a slabbed Maravich anyway." So, um, we departed um you know, we left Kirk and let him kind of explore what he wanted to. And my wife and I, uh, we found Gary V's booth and he was there, you know, signing jumbo photos for tops. He looked pretty exhausted and I'm sure he was running nonstop this week. Um, I've seen a lot of photos with him and I, I know he probably took thousands of photos with people. You know, I contributed to this. I asked him for a photo as well. Um, you know, I told him about the episode that I did. He said he'd check it out. So props to him for, I know he was stretched thin this week. Um, you know, no matter what you think about him, I never saw him turn down a request to talk to somebody, to take a picture. Um, so I just want to thank him for that. Um, after that, the wife and I, we headed to the blowout booth to grab a blaster, a prism, um, which I feel like we have opened... I don't know how many of those. Um, this one was, you know, it was a dud. It's a Bradley Beal jersey, but it scratched the itch. You know, I was trying, I was leaning more towards a hobby box, and she's been hanging around me too much. She said, Well, I think we should save that money and just buy a card that you know you want for sure. Well, I, I can't argue with that. So. Um, with that out of the way, with those parting words, that was kind of the official blessing, right? So uh, Mrs. Wax Museum went on her way because um, 10 to 1, that was you know probably enough for her. She's done card shows here. That's not really her thing, though, so she went exploring in the city. So then I was back on the hunt for cards on my want list. Um, 
As I'm making my way around, I start walking the floor again. I get a text message from Kirk that says, I've got something for you. Where are you? Well, obviously this gets my attention. So we met up and um, he kind of gave me the backstory before he gave it to me. He said that um, he had helped someone at the show uh, in the past and they, you know, they had owed him a favor and, um, you know, the next thing I know, he pulls out a BVG-7 Maravich rookie. And it's a very good-looking 7, I might add, and he hands it to me. Um, and I was just absolutely floored. I tried to give him something in return. He told me it was simply hobby karma. So here I went from a $10 rookie where we're doubting the authenticity um, to holding a BVG-7 um, from somebody I've, I've just met. Um, but I had great conversation with, you know, um, became friends. Um, it was just uh, such a great moment. So um, I was floored then. I still am. I've, I've looked at that card so many times. I pulled it out of my bag on the plane and looked at it. You know, I, I wanted to show it to the lady next to me. I know she had no idea who Pete Maravich was or what I was holding. Um, but you know what? Her kid kicked me like six times. So it's all good. Um, but once again, thank you, Kirk, for the great conversations we had. Thank you for the awesome gift. It will hold a very special place in my personal collection. Um, so needless to say, at this point, I was on cloud nine carrying that thing around. Well, then I turn the corner and I see Bob Nedelicki sitting in a chair. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, he's a former pacer that's actually in the 1972 top set that I talked about in episode two. Uh, and I had no idea he'd be there, but he was working a booth for the Dropping Dimes Foundation. Um, and basically, the Dropping Dimes Foundation, um, it's, it's something that uh, Bob has worked with. It's something that Mel Daniels worked with before he's passed. Uh, I think Reggie Miller is also on the, the board for the foundation. Basically, they, they help out some of the older ABA players who have fallen um, on hard times because you've got to you've got to realize a lot of these guys, if they never played in the NBA after the merger, or if they didn't play long, you know, I don't know what the certain logistics are, but they really never got any kind of retirement benefits. Um, and they've even tried to convince the current players' association to try and do something about this and to, to help these guys out. Um, there's, I think, they're still working on that. But anyway, they personally raise money. To help these guys out and Bob has been a big part of that um, so I talked to him for a minute or two and I told him about the time that my dad met him at a high school game in the 70s so it was awesome that my dad told me about meeting him and then finally all these years later I got to talk to my dad at dinner last night and say dad I met Bob Nedelicki now and I had him inscribe a book um, to both my dad and I. So that was that was really an awesome moment. And remember, at this point, I hadn't picked up any major Pacers cards, but I, at this point, I thought, you know, even if I don't, that experience ended up being a, a much better substitute. Um, so then it was just one thing after another. It's just one awesome thing happening after another. I met back up with um, G and Zid, and we walked the floor some more. Um, I met a collector named Zach who I've bought from on Blowout and Facebook and I've sold him stuff and um, it was so nice to finally 
put a face to that name. And I forgot that he had even showed me a, a Granger card in the past. So I'm looking through his booth and, and him and I chatted enough. I just said, Zach, do you have anything that you think I'd really like? And he said, well, you know, what about that Granger I showed you a little while ago? And it had completely escaped my mind. Um, he had showed me a picture of a Danny Granger exquisite gold RPA numbered to 33. Um, well, as you know, and as I'd mentioned, I'd been striking out on Pacers. So I thought, okay, this is one that I really want. It's got a great looking patch. Um, even if it's not in pristine condition, this isn't something I'm going to just go to the next booth and pick up. So I felt pretty good about my odds here because Zach and I, it's always easy when I try and make deals with him. Um, we've done, like I said, we've done it before. We have very similar tastes in cards. So I actually worked out a deal for that and also a, a Shaq MVP promotion card. Um, he knows that I'm into those. So um, once again, thanks, Zach, for the easy deal. I hope you enjoy what you got on your end as well. Um, at the same booth, I saw Mark again, who's a Ron Harper collector. I'd met him at trade night. Um, I saw him again here, and I just kind of casually made the comment, you know, I haven't seen any NBA Finals stuff yet. And he points to the booth across the way and said, well, you didn't see that Robert Ori patch over there? Um, well, I saw it and I knew that that's not one that I'm, you know, I wasn't going home without it. So I ended up trading some LeBron stuff, some Jordan stuff, the Paul George auto I talked about earlier for that card in a Reggie Wayne Pro Bowl letter. Um, I don't know if I got the better end of that deal, but I do know I'm much happier with the cards that I got. So sometimes it's, in, in this trade, kind of um, personifies that it, it's okay to give up a little more value if you like what you're getting in return. I don't try and make a regular habit out of that because that will you know, make you broke over time, but I'm really happy with what I got. So um, our little group kept walking. Once again, I'm so appreciative of the people who came up to me and introduced themselves. Some more names were Ross. There was Eddie, there was Rodman PC. I know I'm forgetting some people, but I'm trying to remember as much as I can here. Um, oh, even I, I forgot to mention earlier the uh, Ike Love 500, Adam. Um, he had a second day, he had a wax museum shirt, and he even had his name embroidered on the sleeves. So seeing a wax museum shirt on day one was wild. Seeing somebody have one embroidered with their name on the second day um was just uh, even crazier. So um, kudos to you guys. That gave me a, a big laugh. Um, it was great hanging out with you guys. So uh, we made our way to the Windy City Sports Card booth. They had some incredible exquisite cards. You know, I felt like I was kind of on a roll at this point. And then he had a Jermaine O'Neal exquisite patch auto number to seven. We had a potential deal in place, but it didn't quite work out. But it was nice looking at all that stuff. And right when I finished talking to him, there was another guy sitting there and he looked at me and he said, Kyle? And, you know, of course I didn't know him. So I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be good. And there's a funny story that goes with this. Um, if you guys have, you know, either listened to the episode or looked at my Instagram, you've seen that I have been researching Anthony Davis cards quite a bit. Well, in that process, I've reached out to some of the previous owners to try and get some info about the cards, you know, where they went, where they came from. 
Well, he was one of those people. And we'd never met in person before, but I had used my podcast email to contact him. Well, I was wearing a shirt with the podcast on it. Um, and he recognized me based off of that. So the odds of us running into one another, we weren't looking for one another. And then one of us being able to recognize one or the other was slim to none. Um, so that was pretty interesting. And, you know, I say that the odds were slim to numb. I probably will end up saying that multiple times. But honestly, it seemed like that kind of thing happened a handful of times this week. So it was incredible. Um, so after this, the day is we're getting towards the end of the day here. I watched G trade for a Luca RPA. You guys have heard my Luca episode. Um, it was a silhouettes RPA. I personally, I think some of the more loopy ones were signed by someone else, but I'm never going to try and discourage someone from getting one of those. That's just my opinion. Well, G has been the one person that will probably defend these signatures to the end. In fact, he's ruffled some feathers on the blowout forums for that. Um, Him and I have had some friendly banter about that, even on Instagram before the convention. So you know I had to give him a hard time when he traded for it. This was a pretty big trade. Uh, and then he joked about the L and the brush strokes and who signed it. Um, we disagreed about it, but there's no hard feelings, and it was a lot of fun to joke about it. And that's one of the things about this hobby that it's always interesting. You know, there's always something new. Um, so that takes us to about 5 p.m. on the second day. Mrs. Wax Museum was patiently waiting for me back at the hotel so we could try out a little hot dog restaurant down the road. So I headed out, and that was it. I didn't go back another day, but that was my plan was to only spend two days there. Um, hopefully this recap was easy to follow. It's kind of like that LeBron thread in that it was just so crazy, and I'm, I'm trying to make it as chronological as I can and as linear as I can. Uh, but before I leave you, I do want to give some of my reflections on what I think I did right and what I would probably do different the next time. And I'm going to limit it to three things each. Um, Keep in mind, everyone's priorities are different. So if you're using this for a future trip, don't take my word as the only suggestion. You've got to try and kind of adapt it to your own personal situation. Um, So let's start with the things that I did right, whether it was on purpose or not. You know, sometimes I stumbled into some good decisions, but here's what I think I did right. Number one, I've heard a lot of people say that the VIP package is definitely the way to go. I saw people that had the package that were very happy about it on Instagram. They were showing some of their stuff off. This really depends on your situation. I knew going in that I was only going for two days. I wasn't setting up at a table. I wasn't trying to get first crack at anything super high end. Um, I had no interest in the VIP autograph guests. That wasn't my goal for this trip. Getting in a little earlier would have been nice, but overall a VIP, a VIP package would have been a waste for me. I ran into a couple of people that had similar goals to me, um, except they did purchase the VIP pass, and they decided that for them it was a mistake. Instead, I bought my general admission tickets online ahead of time. I plan to do that again if I go in future years. Number two, what I think I did right. I tried to connect and settle in with some people that had been there before. If I hadn't messaged with people or traded with people or walked the floor with other collectors I had already interacted with, the show probably would have been a lot more intimidating. Um, It's also nice to have those people looking out for you in case your bag is unzipped or you drop something. 
Um, you know, one of the guys I was hanging out with actually right after uh, G traded for the Luca RPA, um, uh, the third person with us, he looked back and he said, Hey, your bag. And G had left one of his bags back there at the table. So, and you know, it had nothing big, just an entire silver run of, of Steph Curry prisms in there. So it's always nice to have a little bit of a security blanket in, um, you know, in a way here. Number three, something I think I did well, is I kept going back to some of the better booths and tables because I I figured out after a while that people were making deals all day. New cards or cards that I hadn't seen were showing up at showcases that I'd already seen maybe two or three times. You know, if you've dealt with somebody and they're easy to deal with and they get new stuff in, you feel comfortable in that you know they're going to be easy to deal with again. So I'm glad I did um, those three things. Um, as for what I would do differently next time, number one, on day one, I would try and stick to the plan. Um, I didn't get to the boost that I wanted to hit first. Like I said, I well, I even left my paper at the hotel. I should have just put it on my phone. I don't know why. I was trying to save my phone battery, and I ended up not even using half of it because I wasn't even on it. Um, but then I next next time, I'd want to try and attack things on more of a grid. Um, or I want to make sure that I walk through the doors with somebody else that I already know and that we have a plan together. Um, at all costs, I want to try to avoid going in solo like I did this year. You know, it really wasn't a huge problem, and I already had plans to meet up with people on the inside. But those first 45 minutes for me were kind of hectic. It probably won't be that way um, if I go again just because I've been to one now. But that's something I'm going to keep in mind. Number two, what I would do differently, pack lighter and just buy supplies if I need to. Um, So I was trying to be that guy that was super prepared. I wanted to have everything I needed. I packed snacks, which is really too many. In fact, I didn't have time to eat. I didn't even feel hungry except one point in the middle of the day I ate something really quick. But I had a big breakfast and that was a great idea. Um, So I thought I would eat my way through some of the weight in my bag, but I really didn't have time to eat a lot. I brought a little box of miscellaneous top loaders and magnetics thinking I might need them, which, yeah, that stuff comes in handy, but it ended up weighing me down. You know, when this stuff starts adding up, it's, it's small, but it starts adding up. And, you know, let's be honest, it's not like you're, you're not going to be able to find a top loader or a magnetic at a sports card convention if you really need one. Um, it might be worth it to you to have a lighter bag and then just spend a few bucks later in the day to buy the supplies. Um, Alter Pro is there. Some of those companies are there. They're not going to gouge you on supplies anyway. Um, number three, and this was m- probably my biggest mistake, and I'm only discovering it as I go along here and as I'm trying to write up recaps. Make sure to take pictures with everyone you meet. There were guys that I hung out with quite a bit this week, and after I got home, I realized... Um, I don't have a picture with them. So then I'd message them and say, hey, let me get the picture that we took together. Well, for a lot of them, we didn't. Um, So I still have the memories of us hanging out, but it'd be nice to have the pictures as well. So I'll know better for next time. Um, So there it is. There you have it. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but that's the whirlwind that was my last couple days as best as I can remember it. Thanks again to all the people that met up with me this week. Thanks to those guys who were, this couple guys who were wearing my shirt at the convention. That meant so much to me. 
Um, as always, you know, let's let's keep this going forward. Let's keep the conversation going on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast. I should be posting some more pictures up there as well in the, in the next couple of days. I'm going to try and space it out. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. <laughs>